Welcome to At The Counter, the show that takes the conversations had at the counter of your local comic book store and brings them to the internet. And for the record, we're, we're sorry. sorry. I'm Marcus Antea. And I'm Christian Kenty. We're coming to you from the Frugal Dutchman, a kind of nerdvana here in lovely Ridgeway, Ontario. It's a comic book, action figure, gaming, antique, and all-around nifty store. I'm a random customer who's a big nerd from way back. And I'm the store owner. And we've been having these conversations for years with other people dropping in and out to add points, and we've decided to share them with you. So take a trip with us down the nerdy rabbit hole to overhear the conversations that happen at, at the, the counter. counter. All right, Grishin, what is our wonderful topic for today? So I'll give you some backstory, because I was watching Super Mario movie, and we're not going to do the spoiler cast for that, even though most people have probably, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably had a chance to watch it already. Because it's that big a deal. Can you see my impressed face? Of course. And you see why I'm impressed? Absolutely. Because <laughs> I, I haven't had I time see to watch it yet. The very non PG finger you're shooting at me right now. <laughs> hey, look, I'm going to drink my feelings away. Well, <laughs> I was watching it with the kids uh, last night, and I came up with that with the idea for this because. Yes, Marcus has not seen the movie yet, so we can't do a spoiler cast for it, but. I, I just got thinking about, like, what were the things that... Like, I always go back to what are the things that get us into our nerdiness, right? You know, and I think we've talked before about, like, board games, right? What was your gateway board game that made you say, okay, this is the one? So we, we've talked about, like, influential board games that were takeoffs into this is why I enjoy board games, that's you know that made me take the deep dive we've talked about that with movies Have we really? and things like that I'm, if we haven't talked about it on podcasts we probably should but i feel like we did the board games one when we started handling early on i think in season one uh, i think when we, we did random, gateway games i think we talked into what were ours i think we talked like, briefly about gateway games and some of the sums for some of us but we think we transitioned really quickly into new ones i don't think we've done a dive on what were the games that made us gamers so we'll we'll maybe have to do that for board games and stuff but i you know i know we've discussed it personally before and i discuss it with people like what what was your start into like reading comics or watching you know tv shows as intently as you do at what point do you realize that you want to watch director commentaries like <laughs> you know and so as we were watching mario last night i thought well what are what were like the most influential video games for me as a person because honestly for me number one mario was a like the original mario bros game was a big one for me right it was side scroller it you know it was something completely different from anything i had played at the time right and that was i'm from that it made me want more right? see the problem is as normally happens you and i are from we have a generation vastly game, different yeah. generations even though they were very close there's still vast differences i think that's what makes this a more interesting conversation though Right is because at what point with what was available, right? That I I find that to be part of what makes these interesting conversations to have. Because if we were both born at the same time, there's a lot of oh well, I love Mario. That was a big one for me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like agreeing is only so much, <laughs> right? I hate to now say I agree with you, but I agree with you. Right. My problem is my video game love did not start at home okay unlike you my video game started in the arcades pinball was a thing that we got to do a little bit of and then my brother's best friend had a pinball machine in the basement and we would always sort of contrive to go over there so we could play pinball but as far as console games go i didn't have console games till much later in my life i never got them all my friends had them, so I got to play at other people's places. But for me, it was the roll of quarters and going down to the arcade, because I'm old. If you want to talk, maybe not the first video game, but the one that I spent the first large amount of time on that I can remember in the arcades. <sighs> Can't believe I'm about to admit this in public. Popeye. 
We played a ton of Popeye because it was the only uh, arcade machine at the corner store around a, right by my school. So grade yeah. seven and eight, we'd go over there at lunch. We sneaked off campus or after school, and we'd spend an hour or two playing that. That and the, I think a year, either grade eight or grade nine, a pizza place around the corner from us had 1942. So those are the two that I played the most as I was a kid kid. See, and I feel like I, as a victim of the circumstance, right, missed out on the arcade thing. Right, because it's not that they didn't exist when I was younger. It's just they weren't necessary. Well, we—I mean, I grew up here, right, Ridgeway, Bumpkin, Port Coburn, Waynefleet area, right. So there's not really been, as to my knowledge, a solid arcade here because they're illegal. Exactly, it's in the bylaws that you're not allowed to have an arcade here, right. Which seemed weird. I noticed that when we opened our stores that we were reading through what the allowable things were. And there's bylaws in Fort Erie, which we should petition to change that, actually. Uh, <laughs> Not unless you've got the money to open one, because right. what's the point? Fair enough. There used to be one. When I first moved here, I moved to open up a theater, which was in the building beside the chicken place right where um, Southsides is now. Okay. Southsides chicken place little parking lot building i think it's an art gallery now or something was an antique place for a long time but 24 years south ago coast south coast sorry Sorry, south sides is a different restaurant in Fort Erie. no south coast yeah, sorry south coast. in crystal beach i was gonna say i'm like that's a south sides is an individual building <laughs> no sorry <laughs> then you started laying it out I'm like that's not what he's talking about. no south coast, <laughs> south coast. I, I don't ever okay. i don't yeah. ever go to south coast yeah. so i don't remember it's there but we opened that as a theater. But I found out years before that was the arcade for the old park. Yep. There was an arcade there. And, after, and that was the last time, really, that there was an arcade in Fort Erie and I, when the park was there. I think you know, it's because before. when the park was right near the end, there were a lot of riots and fights and stuff. And a lot of them started Stemmed in the arcade. There, yeah. So they shut it down. But, yeah, like there were a couple of places... Like when my dad was coming up around here, there were a couple places up the street here that had pinball machines in them, but there wasn't like a solid arcade to my knowledge, right? And Pork Overn was no better as no. far, again, as far as I know, but we weren't even close enough to town. Like we weren't in town. We were on the outskirts. We were in the farmland, right? So even getting to an arcade, if it existed, would not have been a great option, right? Because there's only so far a fat boy can ride on his bike. Uh- <laughs> With a roll of quarters in his pocket. It's not necessarily true, but depending on how old you were. I used to ride 45 minutes to an hour to go to school in the morning. So, you know, it's possible. Yeah. But yeah, so we didn't really have a lot of that available. And so we kind of settled into console gaming. And I mean, it was readily available when I was younger, right? Not, I mean, we didn't have a ton of stuff. We had an NES that we picked up at a garage sale and a couple of Game Boys that we'd fight over in the car all the time. <laughs> And we had all of maybe a handful of games for them, right? I think we had like three or four games for the Game Boy and maybe three, four games for the NES, right? But we got real good at those ones. I didn't have in-house access to a video game console system until college. That's Which was considerably probably late. the same time <laughs> that I had access. It would have been 92, 93 in there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My buddy had one and we got the Mortal Kombat right off the hop. We played the hell out of Mortal Kombat. That was on the what system was that? Oh, that was the Sega Genesis. Was the yeah, it was the Sega Genesis, yeah. Yeah. My buddy had every <laughs> video game system known to man. It it came out, he got it. So we hung out a lot, sleepovers at his place. I played he, he had the Sega C D. He had the Atari twenty six hundred. The Sega C D we played Night Trap as 14-year-old kids, not appropriate. Terrible game. Terrible idea. (laughs) Horrible game. (laughs) Uh, Horrible game, especially for a 14-year-old in the 80s. That was not a good idea. There's an especially disclaimer on that, but it's just in general a really bad game. (laughs) Just to make it worse, we also played E.T. for quite a while trying to beat the game. It was Another that determination that this can't be as bad as we think it is. It, you know what? It honest to God was. We're like, this has to get better, right? Like, 
Something's gonna happen. Once you get sometime. past this level, once you get past this level, we get we kept going. Something's gonna happen, and finally, after it about worse. probably about four or five months on it, we just went. I, we don't want to play this anymore, and we stopped. <laughs> My another buddy had the uh, Intellivision, yep, which was really a fascinating system. It's a weird system. It ha- it's not like anything else that's on the market before or since. The games are all completely different than anything else. So, like, video game systems for me are the same as audio media recording. I've lived through reel-to-reel, well, sorry, records to 45s, to reel-to-reel, to to 8-track cassettes, to cassettes, to CDs, to MP3s, and now streaming services... With the exception of the wax cylinder, all of that has happened in my lifetime. And my first and only video game system that I had in my house was a wired Pong video game system. When I'm, I'm even looking at, like, we went through the history of music there for a second, uh, or of recorded music for a second there, and the idea that the wax cylinder, the Edison roll, lasted as long as it did as a medium before we realized that you can flatten this thing and it works just as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's a lot easier to store and they last longer and you can make them out of vinyl. And they, they don't shatter when you have the shakes. Exactly. Have you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still one of my favorite clips yeah. from the early part of the internet. Anyways. But the fact that that thing lasted so long and you look at in comparison, how long cassettes were a thing. I'll use A-Tracks as the best example. A-Tracks did not last as a medium, right? Um, We've now, severely in, in, spun off already. For but great, for great for reasons, good reasons. A-Tracks did not last as a medium. But but there's a reason for there's that. There's a reason for all that. But it was it's very interesting to look at that and say, wow. Like, you know, as the acceleration of technology to the point now where we've just gotten I feel like we've gotten lazy with how we sell the accelerator or the excitement of new technology, right? Or we're so oblivious to what's exciting about new technology. We've also plateaued. Yeah. There's really not many other places this can go. Yeah. Until you basically plant a chip in your brain. Right? Like there's nowhere else for the medium to go. We've now hit to the point where we can have any song we want Anytime we want, without actually having to pay for it, other than a subscription fee. And we also don't have to have a medium, which takes up space, time, and energy in your life. We don't have to screw around with pencils. We don't have to clean and get new needles. We don't have to keep, uh, you know, either repairing or purchasing new CDs when they get inevitably scratched. I mean, the the great example is what we're doing right now the fact that a couple of schmoes here i mean and you've you have obviously like a background in in audio and you have access to equipment which makes what we're doing sound better but realistically we could sit in front of a phone and do this right it might not sound great but (laughs) but it's possible right whereas like even when i was growing up like the idea of taking video on my on a phone was not a thing right taking pictures on a phone was not a thing right and we were still using handy cams and stuff like that like my dad had a shoulder cam as he was when i was a kid a phone in your pocket wasn't a thing when i was a a kid yeah no for sure we can play this digital game all we want like my grandmother had an old baked light uh dial phone in her basement still worked I went to the princess phone stage. I went through whatever the the angled one on the wall was with the 25-foot cord. So you could go to another room to get an inch of privacy. To bricks that were only allowed in cars for car phones. Call waiting wasn't a thing. Yep. Call Star 69 came about in my lifetime. Yours too. But, I remember that one. And now it's, now it's useless. Call forwarding. All of this stuff came and went in my lifetime. 
And we've gone, we've come and gone on way off track. <laughs> we have, but we are showing that how much but it's true. Yeah, technology it's, changes yeah. and how fast it changes. And the, Even fact, between, that, the yeah. fact that as I'm looking at the topic in general uh, being that what are the influential games? I mean, I started with something that was this is the influence that got me into gaming. But the reality is I could still go through and pinpoint all along the path games that have influenced my my flavor my prefer my preference right of what i choose to play versus what people will tell me about and i go yeah i don't want to spend money on that right okay so let's let's modify this slightly let's go what were the games that made you love whichever console and we'll go time chronologically okay, fair enough okay so pong for me was amazing Boring game after about 20 minutes, but the fact that I could play something on the television in my house. Well, I think the greatest thing about Pong was the upsell to it was not to make better games for a Pong machine. It was to make the little vinyl clings that go on the screen. So now you're playing hockey and right. now you're playing tennis and now you're playing No, football. this one I had <laughs> had switches for the different games. So oh, you had you tennis. Had fancy I had fancy one. <laughs> they had tennis, which is one on each side, and then there was uh, doubles tennis, where you had two ones that would move depending on where you were. And then you had. Ooh, that would be annoying. It was. It was obnoxious. Then there was like two player, but you had to do top and bottom screen. So I had top and right. You had bottom and left, and you had to go. But they went. They moved together, but you had to keep moving where it was, and it it was tricky. But, and it didn't last. Like, after a while, we're like, okay, this is boring. Especially when you look at the arcades, where you've got all those different things coming out. So when I had the, the, the classic arcade game, so we're talking Galaga, Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man, which is the same game, but anyways, 1942, Popeye, even Super Mario Brothers. We played those, we played all the hell out of those. What was the one with the... Uh, Donkey Kong, true. I, I never was a huge Donkey Kong fan. I don't know why. I, I never liked it all that with, much. I always struggled with the timing of that one. I could never quite get the pattern. Neither could I, but I liked Popeye, which is a very similar game. And that might be why. Your flavor was just in a different flavor way. Flavor a different way. And, yeah. and there's nothing more terrifying to a 13-year-old kid as hearing the you're going to fail the level music from Popeye. <laughs> it literally went and it would keep going a half a step up every time and it got faster and louder because she'd say help and you had to catch all of her helps yeah. and if the help hit the bottom level it would start sinking into the water and if it went away you were done yeah. and if you missed one all of a sudden that music would come <laughs> and you'd be like oh my god where is it and you'd like try to run down and Get to the bottom. You got your spinach. You could stop it. You know, you could stop the, the countdown timer for a few seconds, but you had to get down there. And no, so, like, anyways. And that's where, like, games have gotten really forgiving as well now. Like, you know, as we go, even even using Mario as the, the benchmark example, Mario now versus Mario then, like, the fact that the NES version of Super Mario, you couldn't go backwards. Right, right. It was it was a forward moving side scroller. You once you pass something, that was that it. Was it. If you missed the shortcut to get to the warp tunnels, you could not go back. You were done. Right. You couldn't be flying around doing all this stuff. You know, it, it was very restrictive about that. The only real power up was firepower. Right in the first. Yeah, there's no ice. Right? There was there's no, no flight. Ice, there was no flight. There was nothing like that. It and was the the warp the warp tubes or warp knowing where to find the warp tubes warp pipes. I guess sorry right, warp yeah. pipes knowing where to find that. And here's the other thing: How did we find out about that? I honestly don't know. But everybody <laughs> knew. Everybody knew it. It if was you had played it before. You knew where to find it. It was a unbelievably fast traveling pre-internet thing like holding down on the white uh, cubes to fall behind the yep. set on super mario on brother three, three. Yep. the warp pipes the whistles you know if you got the whistle Find here the and you whistles, got the whistle yep. there you could go right to the end but you had to get to the end of this one otherwise you know there's a yep. whole thing right 
Yeah, knowing how to fast track games, that was that was bigger and bigger. Like obviously fast tracking in, in Mario Bros. was the thing with the warp warp pipes. But um when number three came around, knowing all the secrets to all the levels where to find the warp whistles and the the P wings. Well, slightly stuff, slightly right? different because by that yeah, time Nintendo, Nintendo Power, Power yeah. was coming out, yeah. right? So you could get those things, but the warp pipes on the original Mario Brothers there's no way for that to have been disseminated. That had to go literally kid to kid across the planet. Like, not even just, yeah. like, if it was just Ridgeway that knew about it, I could kind of understand that. Yeah. But I don't know everybody. who found it where, but I knew about it in Mississauga. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knew that move, right? And and that's just, but that was a bit of how we communicate too, right? That's what we would talk about at school. We'd talk about what games we had. What were we doing? Oh, this thing I found. And it was always the one-upsmanship, right? Which is still a thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just at a whole different level now, right? But the one-upsmanship of, yeah, but do you know about this warp whistle? <gasps> yes, of course I know about that frig. What is he talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go find it now. <laughs> Right. And just to spend hours and hours and hours breaking these games to find all the little things. And then that created the necessity for walkthroughs for walkthroughs and for Nintendo Power. Yeah. Right. Nintendo Power was so successful and remained successful as a thing, even in in obscurity. You know, Nintendo Power magazines can still be super valuable. Yeah. Because people are like the old games. One matters for those games. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. You know the games that are in it. That's the issue you're looking for. That one's the one you're looking for because you're still playing those games. Okay, and so you still suck at them. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> NES. So NES was definitely a Mario thing for me. We also had Top Gun for for NES. Uh, that was probably the fanciest game I ever had because we got it at some garage sale after the SNES came out, and we had the full headset thing that was oh yeah, it, and then the joysticks. I said, I have never seen such a complex module for a game right up until the Super Glove came out. For the- <laughs> we never had one of those. I was a little... So I'm not going to go backwards to to computer games, like not consoles, but yeah. like desktop we're, games. We're going to put PC aside on this one. Because I go pre-PC as well. Like, I'm talking before the Commodore 64, before the VIC-20, I was learning playing games and writing games on pets and icons and all these other things. And that's a whole other discussion. I will say, Commodore, I do have a favorite Commodore. Uh, Hugo 2 was my Commodore 64 game that my cousin had. No, for me, although I never completed a single level of it, was Impossible Mission. Yeah. We played that forever. Well, Hugo 2 was, I want to say that was a big influential game for me because he had this thing. He had that. He had Star Trek, which was an awesome game. It was actually, we sucked yeah. at it. And I wasn't as big a Trekker as I am now. And then we we had Wheel of Fortune, which was just fun to see, you know, Tutsi little Vanna White walking across the screen. So, you know. That that was sexy for some you know a kid my age. You have no idea. We played Luigi Suit Larry a lot. There you go. And Maniac Man. We're we're gonna get away from con- from yeah, computer game like, PC games. The the thing that really was influential for me about Hugo too was the fact that I had never heard of the first one. First of all, yeah, he had this second one, and we could never figure out how to beat the thing. There was this one point we knew all the stuff up to it, and we could do it like clockwork, and then you got to this. Because it was this weird adventure type game where you had to find the thing that would let you get through the things. It was very Monkey Islandish. Yeah. Right? You had to have the right pieces to put together. And we could never put together how to get past these killer bees. I don't even know what the situation was. There were just these killer bees, and we could never figure out what we were missing to get past these, right? And so if I ever get a Commodore 64, I want to go back and get one, get this game, and. I'm going to have to break the personal rule about walkthroughs and go and find the walkthrough and figure this thing there out are, so that I can finish this game. I'm sure there are more than enough emulators you <laughs> right? can do it anytime you want. I know, but I'm a purist. I know. <laughs> all right, so we're going to start then if we're going to bypass all the old, because so, there were a yeah, ton we'll, of those we'll games that we all played. The obscure ones from, from pre-NES. And we'll just go with, so we started with NES. For you, it's Mario and Top Gun. Top Gun, yeah. For me, it was Mario, 
Duck Hunt, which was on the same cartridge. Same cartridge. And then it was also oh, uh, yeah, Zelda. Zelda. See, I didn't play Zelda until much, much later. I went to a exchange trip to Stewart, BC, and the, the guy, my original, my original person, he and I were not compatible at all. He was a big jock guy. I was a big nerd guy, so wasn't a big thing. We didn't really like each other. We tolerated each other. It wasn't animosity, just nothing in common. So when we went to their place, I traded with my buddy who was more like Jason, and I went with the other kid. And the other guy whose name, uh, for some reason, escapes me. I remember Jason, the guy I didn't like, but the guy I did like, can't remember his bloody name. Wow, I'm old. Anyways, we ended up playing. Anytime we weren't going off and doing stuff, we played Zelda to like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And then slept for two hours and then went up and did kid stuff. Yep. So we played a lot of Zelda while I was on that trip. So I have a soft spot for, for the original Zelda. Yeah, I I love the original Zelda now. It frustrated me when I was younger. And part of the reason being that the age I was when I first started playing it, like I first tried it, I kind of got soured against it. Yeah. And that kind of affected me for a while about it. When I came back to it, I still to this day have not beaten a Zelda game. I, <laughs> I'm still trying. I'm so close in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> so I, I, close. I beat uh, Wind, Wind Waker. I like Wind Waker. Yeah. Uh, Wind Waker I did. And what was the other one? The one with the birds. Oh, my God. Not Skyward Sword. Yeah, there you go. Skyward Sword. I've beaten Skyward Sword. I've beaten Wind Waker. I haven't even come close to beating the original Breath of the Wild. I just, I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> I tried it. My son is a Zelda fanatic. He knows every one of them inside and out. Plays them on emulators on his phone. Plays them on his Switch. He is beyond Zelda. Yeah, Zelda, Zelda has a really good influential kind of, like... If it had hit me maybe a couple of years later, it would have definitely towed a line for influence for me, but I came to it much later. I did come back around for 64 was really good. Um, you know, that was, we'll come back to that because we're going to so, hit that. So uh, just, just on that yeah. point, I am exceedingly glad that World of Warcraft did not come out until I was an adult. <laughs> Uh, Until I moved down here. So I was in my late 20s when Warcraft came out because I would have lost my entire life playing Warcraft. And I somehow, because... There's a significant portion of two years that I don't have because of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of my friends did that. And I I know that I would have gone down that rabbit hole and not come out. So it came out... I want to say it came out while I was living up at camp, or that's when I became like hyper aware of it, and I just didn't have the time or equipment to play it. So, <laughs> but when I moved back, it definitely put my relationship with my wife to the test because of how many hours of unemployed time I would clock on World of Warcraft. Yeah, that that got bad. But I got past it. I would still probably log on and play, but I could be passive about it now. I Somebody gave me the free trial, yeah. and I went and tried it and went, I don't have time to do this. Yeah. And I walked away. Same reason I don't like Skyrim. Yeah. But anyways, oh, yeah, no, I we'll go back, to you, we'll go back, 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 back. Uh, so now so we go to Super SNES. Nintendo. Yeah, so Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, those yep. two kind of go together. Super Nintendo, the the game I clocked the most time on, was a game called Uniracers. Have you ever heard of that one? Uniracers is literally unicycle racing. It is the dumbest piece of crap game. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like it's it's side scrolling back and forth. You can do like time trials or like stunt tracks or different things, but you're literally a racing unicycle. Not somebody on a unicycle, just a unicycle. <laughs> and you're doing like flips to try and go faster. It's dumb. I'm not defending it in any way, but we had it. And when you have a handful of games and you get bored easily, you play them all a lot. <laughs> but that was the one that was like, oh, we were we, firing it up. That was our warm up game. We skipped over right? the 2600, the Atari. Oh, we did skip over the 2600. And for me, it was just Pitfall. That was the biggest one. We played Pitfall a lot. <laughs> I wouldn't say any of the 2600 games were influential for me because. 
I played it's them a little. Yeah. Well, I played them a little as a kid, but I was already at NES at that point, so they were moded, and we were playing at somebody's house who happened to have one. You know, and they were about as fun. When you've experienced Mario, it's hard to go back to. No, absolutely. You have to do right. it in order, or it doesn't. Like the kids uh, and today I enjoy look them at exactly as much as I think I should today. Kids look at the ones we did, and they're like, "Why would you play this? It's dumb." I'm like, "What well, do you mean you clocked hours on this game?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, there exactly. Wasn't anything else? Well, <laughs> there wasn't anything else that needs really good. But don't forget, console games were in no way, shape, or form keeping track or keeping pace. With with arcade games at that point, oh, yeah. still, For like sure. you could play Super Mario Brothers three in the arcade, but you could also play Dragon's Lair in the arcade, which was far and away the hardest game I've ever played. I've never gotten very far in it because it's I all reaction time. Played once and I went, but that was nope. that was not even <laughs> that was a laser disc that you played. It was basically playing with a DVD menu, oh. and a lot of the DVD menu games that came out in the early two thousands are literally based on the same technology as Dragon's Lair. And there was another one that came out, and I can't remember the name of it was called, but it was a space version of it, I think. Anyways, doesn't matter. But what I what my point was, the graphics and everything were incredible in the arcade. And rudimentary on the um, mm-hmm. on the systems that we had available, it's like playing Ghostbusters on the PS3 versus the uh, Wii. It was the exact same game, but the Wii graphics are so childish and blocky. They're not quite me's, but they're very much. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be Venkman, and that's got glasses, so I'm sure that's Egon. And when you look at the PS3, the quality on it is a million miles away because the Wii was not designed for that kind of game. So if you look at that comparison, that's what it was like for arcades and video games back in my day. So we, even though we had consoles at home, we still went to the arcade because we could play the racing game where you had to not only drive by sitting down in a car type like thing, you also had a clutch that you had to shift with. So you had to hammer the clutch down, throw it and break, step on the gas again and go. And I have yet to meet the console version of a steering wheel that does any justice to sitting in an arcade booth. No, absolutely they just not. Do, I don't care what kind of fancy rig you think you have. Nope. I mean, hell, any Star Wars game you want to mention from anything up to about 2000 does not even remotely hold a candle to the sit-down arcade Star Wars game where you're in the cockpit of an X-Wing with the yoke and the thumb triggers, and it's just wireframe. Mm-hmm. It's wireframe. And you hit it, and it makes lines go away from when it blows up <laughs> and, the, and the, the little panels fly across. It's vector graphics. Yeah. And nothing that we had at the time in a console could ever come close to the star wars video game at the at the arcade okay so what was your what was your super nintendo game i think my big one was mario 3 we played that a lot we the poor mario 2 we let it go no mario 3 was super nes it was a console game it was a click down an nes game oh no i'm thinking super mario brothers world super mario world that's the 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 nes one yeah like, not that you couldn't, but that was part of the uh, All-Stars package that they put out. Two different games. Did you know that? I just found this out. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things in the in one that's not in the other. I think it goes both ways, too. Um, there's stuff what, that they took Three out. or two? Uh, three. Two is the one that's the big one. Is it? Two, if you have the cartridge, or the cartridge version of two, Mario and Luigi are exactly the same, everything except their color swapped. Okay. So they do the peace sign at the end. They hop the same amount. They run the same speed. When it came out on the All-Stars with the... Well, they re-rendered all the graphics. For they not only re-rendered everything, they actually changed the sprite. So uh, Luigi is thinner, taller, jumps higher, and has the smaller mustache. Yep. And he, he did the uh, yo, 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 B-boy thing at the end as opposed to the peace <laughs> sign. So it, it was... I'm sorry, Su- but Super Mario 2, you always have to play with Peach. I'm sorry. She is the superior Absolutely. player. Absolutely. She is. 
Because she can float. She can float. <laughs> so that gives you a huge advantage. Like, I don't know why anybody <laughs> plays anything but Peach in that game. Right? Like, that's just crazy. But anyways, we're not talking about Super Mario Bros. Anyway, we're talking about Super <laughs> NES now. Super NES, I guess, would be Super Mario World. World, I, I've clocked a ton on. Sky Fox. I, I have not beaten World either, though. Sky Fox 2 or 3. Oh, Star Fox? Yeah. Star Fox was good. Uh, Star Fox was kind of like... Well, I, I can't say that we were talking about Top Gun being my introduction to like Flight Simulator, but Star Fox did something with Flight Sim that was really different, right? It, it felt really different. I don't know that it actually was any different, but it felt really different. It gave you that, uh, you know, talking about the Star Wars wireframe, it gave you that feel, right? Yeah, except... It had a, a very similar feel to that, except you didn't have the physicality. And it, it locked you into a 25-degree cone. Yeah. Like, you couldn't fly sideways unless the level allowed you to fly yeah. it sideways. It was definitely a railroad system. It wasn't a open, an open world by any stretch. But that's all I kind of really remember from the SNES. I mean, I played a ton of games, but that's the only two that stick out for me. The other one that I clocked a lot of time on because I was all about oh. puzzle games and stuff was uh, uh, Scooby-Doo Mysteries. Don't think I ever played that one. It's the only one I've ever gotten close to beating as well. I'm not real good at beating games, right? I'm good at restarting games. Uh (laughs) I forgot one, and I don't know how I forgot it because we spent a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of alcohol on Mario Kart. Mm. My buddy was so good at Mario Kart, he would give us like a lap and a half advantage on the ghost track and couldn't figure out how we always won. Yeah, we didn't have it. Somebody else we knew had it, and it just got to the point where we didn't want to play it with him he took <laughs> He took money left, right, and center over yeah. us. And then as we got better, he'd go down to half a lap, and or like go down to one lap, and then a half a lap. And it took us forever to figure out if you're behind, you get the best power-ups. Yeah. And he knew the path to take the shortcuts to cut off like a third of the round. The quarters, and yeah. And uh, not even cut corners on the Super Mario Brothers Ghost Tracks we played. There's one thin little spar that when you come around that, not the last corner, but when you get to the end of the bottom of the track, and as you go, or instead of going out and around like an oval, okay. there was a, if you cut hard and you hit it dead square, there was a little spar. And if you hit it and you hit the feather, which made you jump, at the exact right moment, you jumped and landed directly behind the starting line. So you cut off an entire third <laughs> yeah. of the track. That's huge. And after three laps, he's back on track with us. Yep. And, you know, and we're hitting the sides and going over and the whole nine yards. So we, we got much better at it eventually. Okay. So that was SNES, Sega Genesis. You had talked about Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, uh, Ultra Beast. Kombat, I, Mortal Kombat to this day, stands up as one of the more brutal games that has ever oh, existed. Oh, absolutely, and like, it just keeps getting worse. Like, even the original playing it now, I would not play this with my kids because it is still brutal. Yeah, ripping right? people's like, spines certain, out. There are and... certain games that now, like people thought were really messed up when we were younger, but now you look at it, it's like, that's tame. Like Doom. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff where, you know, run around popping people. Like, Fortnite is a thing now, so, I mean... You know, that is what it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when you're looking at things you like... Know, FPS uh, is such a big... Grand Theft Auto uh, exactly. was a horrible thing. Now yeah. you're like, that's kind of tame, tame, you know? Right? But yeah, like Mortal Kombat was the most brutal thing. And it was designed to be the most brutal thing. That's what they were going for. And um, the and fact... got a ton of slap oh, yeah. that. But the fact that it translated from the arcade to the console, it was one of the first ones... That was so far advanced that translated well, and everything translated the same. If you knew the special moves on the arcade, you knew the special moves on the uh, console version. And it was, we lost days playing that game. We had huge tournaments and played it forever. And I am still trash at it. I have You're never a masher, been though. at it. I've never been good at Mortal Kombat. And I'm not I'm not a slow to fighting games, but Mortal Kombat for whatever reason escapes my ability. 
For me, <laughs> I'm better at I was better at the arcade than I was at the console yeah. because I like the smacking right? the button, yeah. the big buttons, the just the tappy thing. I could never get my thumb to go in the right direction when I wanted, but I could make my whole arm do the joystick to do where I was going. It's like that and uh, Street Fighter. I was much better in the arcade than I was on the console. But as far as Sega Genesis goes, that's pretty much the big ones for I me. I mean, we, we clocked a ton on Sonic. Uh, yeah, we did Sonic one. too. That's, I was never that's a huge probably Sonic fan. one of the closer finishes we ever had was mm-hmm. on Sonic because we were able to figure out the the speed runs. and uh, Sonic's always interesting because it takes Mario to another level, which was their whole idea. is not just the side-scroller, but it's levels. Yeah. Right? So you can go through the same level 50 different ways, you know, complete it 50 different ways my son is going to be devastated to the fact that i really don't like sonic yeah as a game i never liked the way it played i played i never got more than about three or four levels in when i went i just don't care yeah that's fair too it, it doesn't really from level to level it doesn't seem to offer up much more Whereas with Mario, as you were going, like there were difficulty changes of things. There were new things you could find, new bad guys you would come up against. Sonic was really different backgrounds and yeah. different path, right? And so, yeah, the layouts of the level were different. That's fine. But overall, it was still a fairly one-noted game. Yeah, you're going to run from here to here, do the best you can. Where was, Maybe you got to get away from a rising water at this one. That's tough. But where was Mega Man X? Where was that? Was Mega that Nintendo? Man? I want to say it's a Nintendo game. I think it is. That and oh, I wasn't with Seamus. Oh, Metroid. Metroid's Metroid is definitely a Nintendo title. Those ones we played a bit too. Not again. Never not get as into Metroid. Yeah, Metroid. I can take your leave. It was hard to get past the first level of yeah. it. Yeah. Right. With again, this is there's there's a big thing. Right, we're talking about games where there was no introduction. Right, like Mario being the exception of like in Super Mario Three, you got that little bit of introduction at the start of oh, here's a tiny bit of here's a paragraph of story that Toad's telling you about Princess Peach, so you understand overall what your objective is. But it drops you into level one and expects you to know how to do it. Right. Yeah. This is jump. This is run. Like, but again, that was during the you zeitgeist. You had to figure days. that stuff out, right? Those were during the zeitgeist days. Everybody just kind of knew how it worked. That's it. We we figured it out, and that's what bugs me about games. These, you know, now is my kids want me to explain how to play video games. So I'm like, no, figure it out. Go and die a few times, and you'll figure out how not to do that. Like. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and explain to it because I don't like doing that. That's no fun for me. The part that bothers me <laughs> is when they have a franchise yeah. and they keep changing the way changing the layout, the layout of the things. Because oh. I'm like, I just finished playing Assassin's Creed 3. I go to 4 and all of a sudden it's completely different. Yeah. And it always puts you back down to level 1. Yeah, And that kind of irritates me. I get it. Like, I just finished doing the uh, Fallen Jedi. See, that's why I always, I've always got to put a bit of space between when I, I move on to another piece of the franchise. So it feels like I need to do the level one start again. Oh, yeah. Right. If I haven't if I, if <laughs> picked it a up a game. Before I touch it. If I haven't right. picked up a game in a few weeks or a couple of months, I have to relearn how to play it, right? It's not like I store all those data maps in my brain. I just Except for Mario. Well, Mario is run and jump. I mean, there's only two of them, right? We're talking about uh, regular just, Mario. I'm just talking about like the, the timing of the game. No matter which Mario I'm playing, the side-scroller Marios, I always can get the timing. I don't know what it is. I can hold on to the timing of most of those levels. I'm more I can't talk- do that with anything else. I'm not, talking, <laughs> I'm not talking about the timing. I'm talking about literally yeah. button mapping. Oh, yeah. Which button does what? I don't remember. I play so many different games, it doesn't matter. So now we're done with SCNS. Now we move to Nintendo 64. And there is one clear winner of the number one top game of Nintendo 64 of all time, followed closely by two others. Two others or two e others? <laughs> no, two others. Sorry, I can know myself. One, three, two, one. Three would probably be Mario Bros. Galaxy. Right That's on the not heels. An N64 game. Yes, it is. Mario Bros. Galaxy. It's it absolutely is. No, 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 no. The first one. 
Super Mario 64 was the game for... Is that not Galaxy? No. 64, it's then. The first, it's the first three-dimensional Mario. Sorry, that's the one I'm talking about. Although I will allow for the argument of whether RPG was a three-dimensional game, which I believe it's not. But people would argue that that's the first three-dimensional Okay, so Mario, Mario 64. Mario 64 is the first open world. Because that, it was open 64 world. was when they were doing the first... Uh, free moving open world with the Z uh, button, with the Z with the Z joystick, right? So the sixty four that was their whole thing, and they wanted to make open range gaming because that was the same for Mario and Zelda and like every banjo, right? Okay, so the three in order from bottom would be Mario sixty four, followed just by a half a step above that would be Mario Kart sixty four. Okay, but about four or five steps ahead of that. Was Pokemon Snap? No, <laughs> not even close. Sorry, that was just for Kristen. She'll I know. Let that. She started listening. Did so she? I gotta okay. give her something. <laughs> and so your answer? Uh, I'm gonna have to say Zelda. No, no? God, no, 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 no. Really? Zelda's way down. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No. Ocarina of Time does not make your list. No, not even, not even a tiny little bit. There is one game that stands head and shoulders (laughs) above every other Nintendo 64 game of all time. And that is Goldeneye. All right. It was the first four-player game game in the same TV, same room. The first first thing you can play four players, I'm pretty sure Mario Kart 64 came out after Goldeneye. I... We lost. Didn't care for Mario Kart 64. Mario Kart 64. I didn't care for. I'm not a huge Mario Kart. Oh, see, we are. We again. But I would have put. Oh, SNES. We didn't talk about Donkey Kong at all. Donkey Kong. Like Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, Donkey Kong Country, and that was. It was a good enough game to get two sequels on the SNES. I'm not saying it's not a good game, but don't forget, Mega Man got several sequels too. That's fair. I, yeah, sorry. Uh, they, it was 64. for me. It was too ambitious. Going back to Donkey Kong Country, it was too ambitious to have the clay-looking stuff when they didn't have the processing power to make it look good. Fair it enough. always looked like it was out of focus to me. Fair enough. And that bothered me. That's why I didn't really like the game. But Gold and I, we lost days. Like Lori, we were all we were and living the in a house. Fix on Gold and I are terrible. Doesn't matter. No, it, it doesn't. The game it doesn't. Play. But that's that's what I'm saying is like. Oh yeah, their game. The, I I played it a couple weeks ago. We got the the N64 yeah. set up over there. It's the only game I have in the store for the N64, and I'm playing Goldeneye. I'm like, oh, I'm so bad at this now. But <laughs> two things. One, they were very definitely the characters. Yep. You knew who the characters yep. were by looking at the oblong faces. Didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, it was the four-player multi-battle mode four that player. we all played. Multiplayer was the only reason to play Goldeneye. I didn't yeah. care about the storyline. No. I like the story because I like It bombs. was okay, but it it didn't matter. Like It could have not been there, and nobody would have been mad because the multiplayer section of that game was so revolutionary that you weren't mad. It was First of all, it was the first time on a console you were able to play with four players. I'm lying a bit. Because they did have a multi-switch for Super Nintendo, but naturally the console was built for four players, right? It was early, early console joysticking, aside from the exception being, like, thumbsticking. Thumbsticks, we'll say. Yeah, they had D-pads. Yeah, they had D-pads, it was was kind of the first thumbstick, because I wouldn't count the... Atari on that one. That's not a no. The Atari is a joystick. That's why I I mean, you could if you have big enough hands, you could use it a thumbstick. Um, but it was a joystick. No, the the first legit PS4 Nintendo Switch style. To give myself in my hand using a a twenty six hundred because I'd use I'd palm it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I ended up with this big divot in my palm (laughs) because you're pressing too hard against it. Right, it probably wouldn't be an issue now. My hands are big enough. (laughs) Yeah, as a kid, it was huge. But. Lori, Lori would go to work. See, we, we, we were, I'd met Lori, I met my wife by that time, so I was 25, 26. We had a 56 inch television, like, it was massive. That's a monster, too, yeah. We <laughs> all had our own 15 inch screens, right? Yeah. We were all theatrical technicians and we all worked at the same place. So when one person was off, we were all off. When one person was working, we were all working. So if we all had the day off, like, 
seven, eight, nine o'clock in the morning, we were downstairs, plugged in, playing Goldeneye. Lori would go to work. She'd come home at 5.30 and be like, seriously, have you a-holes moved at all today? See, and this is something our, my kids aren't going to understand. No. I don't know that your kids understand it, right? It's because of all the online play. Well, why do I have to go over to so-and-so's house to play? And I'm like, because there's nothing quite like shoving it in your buddy's face to his face when you destroy him. And <laughs> it also doesn't let you go too far. Yeah. Like, you can't call someone's mother or whatever, or you can't go so far there off like you do online. There are physical repercussions to the physical repercussions, exactly. You go too far the line. It's an internet problem in general. Yeah. But <laughs> Back in the old days, right? kids... If when, you were going to call somebody's mother something, you better be willing to stand up on that remark. And you were going to back it up with your body and yeah. your fist. And it was it was not a uh, it was not an easy thing to do back then. Trolling was done physically and in the real world. Like trolling kind of really started with uh, with Mario Kart and the racing games. Oh yeah. Oh look a fire! Oh, did I just pass you? Oh, you suck. <laughs> You know, so Pardon my banana. Exactly. <laughs> oh, is that a green shell in your face? Oh, you know. So the trash talk really started with those multiplayer games, and which is why I don't like having the headsets or or the online play for most of my consoles. Because if I'm gonna trash talk you, I want to do it, and I do it to the kids all the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm a little mean because they don't know how to defend themselves. They yet, learn. They'll toughen up. They'll learn. <laughs> That's what I always said. We're 1970s parents. They'll figure it out or they won't. And then we'll deal with the repercussions later. Exactly. That's Uh, why my kid, when he was getting bullied, just sort of looked at him and go, really? That's the best you got? My dad says worse than that to me to get out of bed in the morning. Like, go for it. You can't hurt my feelings. But anyways, so what about for you, 64? So 64 for me, I mean, we didn't have one when I was younger. We always played at friends. We We got our Super Nintendo when... Our rich friends got a 64 when yeah. it came out. Like, their dad was a doctor, like, surgeon doctor. And so he got the 64 right away. And they were like, well, we don't need our Super Nintendo anymore. Uh, and so we got that. Uh, I remember the first game I played on it was the Star Wars Pod Racer game. That was a good was game. actually a solid it racing game. was a solid game. racing game. Uh, not a great Star Wars game. No. But a solid racing game. If you got past the part where it's episode one. Mostly because it was based on not a good Star Wars movie. Exactly. Right? Um, but yeah, as a racing game, if you if you take it out of the Star Wars universe of things, it was a pretty solid racing game. Ocarina of Time was big. Uh, it was hard to find. Again, we didn't have a 64, so trying to clock time on a single-player game was hard. Yeah. But what else did we play a lot of? I had a buddy who was crazy about Banjo-Kazooie. I played it. I enjoyed it, but I didn't get why he was so like no. religious about it. It wasn't a bad game, but it wasn't a stellar game. What, like, I mean. am I wrong, or is Banjo and Kazooie just the original Temple Run game? More or less. You just running in a straight line, turn a corner, keep running. Oh no, no, that's uh, that's Crash Bandicoot. Oh, that's Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Okay, sorry. No, ba- Banjo Kazooie was very similar to like playing Mario sixty four. Okay, but it had a different storyline to it. I would hope. I would say it was. I didn't really care for Mario sixty four. I appreciate what it did for the genre, and I appreciate that it was the first game of its kind. Yes. And for that reason, I give it a pass on a lot of things. But as a game as a whole, I don't know. It's not, it's not bad. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad game, but to me, it's not a good game. Fair enough. Right? It's, it hits we just played a lot. That's I, I would fully buy it because I'm obsessive that way, and I would want to have that game. But I don't know how many hours I could clock on it. So if we go backwards a step because we didn't do PS One, well, I know that's still that's PS One is analogous right. with SNES. It's parallel. No PS One. PS One and SNES are the same level. No, I'm ninety percent sure. No, we're gonna check because we did the history of video games. We're we're fact checking. Yeah, but PS One came out at around the same time as Super Nintendo, and PS Two came out about the same time as sixty four. Because PS3 was out at the same time as the Wii. Nah, I'm right. Uh, it, it fell right in the middle. So the SNES came out in 1990. Mm-hmm. The PS1 came out in 94. 
and the N64 came out in 96. So we're both right. We're both right. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I'm like, there's no way. It didn't come out, out at the 90. exact same time, but they were the the par level. Yeah. So so PS1 was, was designed. PS1 was Sony's idea of, okay, how do we get into video games? How do we get into video right? games and how do we get to the level of the Super Nintendo? Yeah. And then um, all of a sudden the 64 came out and they went, oh, crap. We got to bring out the PS2, and that came out after that. Well, no, the the PS1 more competes with the 64 because the graphic level was about the same as the 64. Okay. And the controller layouts were different, but you had the similar feel because although the original PS1 controllers didn't have thumbsticks. No, they were two they D-pads. Were, they were two D-pads, yeah. PS1s did get analog sticks later. But I think that was after the release of the N64. Probably. Now that I'm thinking about it. Anyways. But yeah, so, I mean, it, it adjusted itself because the graphics were on par with the N64. And again, PS1. And the processing power was so much stronger than anything yeah. Nintendo oh, yeah. had. Which is um, why they had to get to the Wii. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. I don't think... No, sorry, that was a GameCube. The GameCube, the yeah. GameCube was much... I still stand by the fact that GameCube was a far superior system to the Wii. The Wii was a gimmick. Oh, much, much more so, right. but that's we're not there yet. Yeah. PS1, real quick, any games that stand out? Uh, we used one? to play Cool Borders all the time. Snowboarding. I don't know why it, it was a game that was available. We didn't have one. So, again, at mercy of other people, uh, Final Fantasy VII was, once I got my PS1, only Final Fantasy game I ever went deep in. We played the Final Fantasy. Wasn't there Final Fantasy on the SNES? Possibly. Uh, yeah, there were... Uh, like four, three or four or something. Four or five, I think, We played that. My buddy's place, he played that a lot. Yeah. We would hang out while he would play, and we'd chat and hang yeah. out and do stuff. Uh, yeah, because uh, Sony totally shanked Nintendo on that deal. I, I think Nintendo gave it up for some reason, and I don't know why. Probably because they didn't um, have to deal with Sony. Probably. And Sony got their own uh, got their own console. They sold the game before... Yeah. And then got their own console and didn't want to give it to Nintendo anymore. Which, fair. fair enough. Yeah, The only game that I remember vividly from the PS1 is Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal, yeah. And I remember that one. why have they not released a version of Twisted Metal for the PS5? Right? Like, Because they could do it properly they have, now, too. They have the property sitting in their banks. Uh, Twisted Metal is the it? idea of a driving game that was as good as it was going to be, even though it wasn't that good. Right, like it, it, like was it a, had some deficiencies, but you weren't concerned about them because you didn't know any better. It was right? as good as the technology was allowed it to exactly. be. Exactly. Now, right? now we could, could actually make properly. the game properly. Uh, <laughs> so, Sony, get on that. Yeah, come on, Sony. We know you're listening. <laughs> twisted metal. We want a twisted metal. Let's go. You got to get weird with stuff. Come on. You're remaking everything else. Why not? Right. That? Remaking right. stuff that uh, hasn't PS2. had a chance to get stale yet. PS2. Uh, PS2. I had. Um, my brother bought I me a PS2 for Christmas. I I have one too. I have a nicer one now than I had when I was in high school. Gord bought me one for Christmas one year. That was nice. his first year living on his own. When he left for college, he got me a PlayStation 2 for Christmas. I, I used one, but it was awesome. Who cares? I didn't care. Uh, and I clocked a ton. I, I loved playing Sly Cooper. One of the few games I've actually finished, just because it was simple enough but exciting enough to keep going through. What else do we have for that? I've had so many games for my PlayStation Two. I don't funny. remember any PS Two games. Oh, per Kingdom se. Hearts! I never played that one. That was a big influential game for me because that that is part of the reason I've struggled with Final Fantasy games is because they're just so long. Uh, <laughs> and the same thing over and over and, and yeah, over again. for me the game doesn't change enough from one to the other. So when I was into seven, I went deep on it and finally got to a point where I realized I do not have the skills to beat this game, uh, and that's a hard point in any gamer's world to admit. Is like, nope, I'm done with this one. Yeah. This one is done with me. But because of that, I never went for any like eight, nine, ten. I never went for any of those. Uh, but Kingdom Hearts made a Final Fantasy game accessible. Right. Right? By making it a Disney twist and not making it overwhelmingly complex and making it live action fighting, which was hard. Uh, that was the hardest part about Final Fantasy for me is turn based fight, is trying to see turns ahead on things that I don't properly understand. I was not very good at that. Uh, I'd probably be better at it now. 
being a dungeon master, that really changes your yeah. brain style about that. But at the time, I had never done anything like that. That's an interesting postulation. I should probably <laughs> go back to a Final Fantasy game and see if it changes anything. Uh, but yeah, the live action fighting in Kingdom Hearts was huge for me. And the story was really well written. Like I was engaged through the whole story. A lot of the times in the middle of a game, you'll lose me from the story. Right. And games just do that. They teeter off on story because, well, you're in the middle of the game. We don't want to interrupt you with what we're trying to talk about. (laughs) By the time I got my PS2, I think we had a Wii. Okay. And the kids would monopolize the Wii. So I got the PS2 and a bunch of old games from somebody who was getting rid of stuff or I bought it at. I don't remember where I got the games. But the only game that I remember with any major clarity is No One Lives Forever, the operative. Okay. It was a James Bond-esque, but you were a girl, femme fatale spy. I remember this one. It, it wasn't a great game, but I hit that. I really want to see where this goes. I want to get the storyline, and I don't think I ever did. But I played that one a lot. There was a Top Gun game that was okay. There's a bunch of little What's games like one? American Chopper and things like that. Yeah, that you get into meh. quick off games that are just to kill time. Yeah, right? but They're the operative was game. one that, like <clears throat> go, like the original GoldenEye, you had to like sneak. You had to find things. You had to deprogram computers and unlock doors and sneak and assassinate and that kind of stuff. So it was not an easy game. Perfect Dark was a game that we played on the N64 that was it came out after goldeneye but that was like the second iteration of first person shooter games and that one i actually cared about the story on right goldeneye i wasn't concerned about the story on that one was better as a single player than as a multi um, well and so those two together kind of formate formulate your first person it shooter wasn't the story you already knew that's it like goldeneye right? was, was literally the story and of the then movie i i had buy-in when zero came like perfect dark zero came out for the ps2 i was i was on board yeah yeah buying in yeah there's there's a lot of like we had a ton of games for the playstation 2 but just not anything a lot of them like ps2 put out so many games like that were of okay quality Right, it was your your five dollar bin games, right? Mediocre. You know, they were they were all right. You got into it, you finished it, right? I wouldn't consider those beaten games because it didn't take any skill to beat them. The Um, operative did. The operative did take a lot of skill, which is why I don't think I ever finished it. But it was a good game. Uh, I remember playing Episode Three, the Star Wars Episode Three game when it came out, and that one I bought. Honestly, I bought that full price when it first came out. Which I don't do a lot. Even now, I have I have adult money, and I still don't do that very often. Uh, <laughs> so moving on to PS3. Okay. The are we skipping Xbox? We're we're just not dealing with Xbox. I don't know enough about Xbox. You, I never had you one. Were I never liked. Guy? I always went both both directions. There are there are games that I like specifically for each console, and so now that's where my adult money comes in. Is I like to buy both if I'm going to buy them. I Nintendo never liked, is always a staple. I never liked the way the Xbox controller worked. Yeah. I never liked the way the feel of it. And I didn't like the games. I See, wasn't I a Halo fan. That. See, I loved Halo. But Halo was all first person shooter. Yes. And I'm not an FPS person. I don't I'm like I'm generally it. not, but Halo is my third one person of my shooter games. I can deal with. Yeah. But I don't like jump scares. And no, I don't I like that. stuff coming at me from the side, which is one of the reasons why I never really, really liked the Bioshock games. I've never played the Bioshock games. People keep recommending them to me, but I haven't bothered with there them. There are a lot of little jump scares of stuff yeah, coming and attacking you from the side. And it, it, it's a beautiful background ruined by gameplay for my money. I like, got... I, if I could have the ability to just walk through the levels without people attacking you, without the, without the gameplay, and I could just explore the levels and look at... All the mapping the beautiful disc. Give me the mapping disc. That's all I want. Right? That's all I want. The mapping disc. Exactly. <laughs> the big one for me getting me over video game jump scares. And they still kind of bug me. But Half-Life was a PlayStation 2 game that my friend had gotten me into. He says, oh, it's the best FPS game you'll ever play. And I'm still not a big FPS person. But there are, there are exception games for me for that. Right? 
you know, Half-Life was one of the... Is that Black Mesa? Maybe. Or is that Overwatch? Overwatch? No. No, no, no. I've never played Overwatch. No, I'm, I want to say Half-Life, the main bad guy is Black Mesa. I don't know. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. But, like, that, that got me over the jump scare thing. First person shooters were, I mean, Xbox, I was, I was big on Halo because that's what we had, right? That's what we had available. Gord had an Xbox. He had Halo. That's what we played. Time Splitters was a good game for the Xbox. Sorry, you that said Half-Life, right? Yes. Yeah, Black Mesa was released in 2015. It's a remake of Half-Life's tutorial level of the same name. Oh, and yeah. then they went off on their own. But yes, Half-Life is originally what Black Mesa became. There you go. Anyway, sorry. Xbox games. There were a few, but Xbox had a very similar. I played a ton of Tetris. How did Tetris not make its way into this conversation at all? Tetris is one of the, and that's even going outside of console gaming. It's one of the games I will rarely say no to. Like There are games where I have to be in the mood for them. I'm always in the mood for Tetris. (laughs) When I was first introduced to to Tetris, not to Texas, to Tetris, it was at the sit-down, flat video game tables at the bars. Ooh, that'd be a hard way to play it. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're like, watching like this, leaning over. So that's where I first learned to play it, was on one of those consoles. So we had it for our Game Boys. Yeah. And so we learned to play it on green screen, and I still love that version of it. I have I have the uh, the one for the Switch now, <laughs> the the Game Boy thing for the Switch the emulator, yeah. and I pull it up all the time. And my kids are like, "There are better versions of Tetris literally in the house. Why are you playing this one?" Uh- <laughs> all right, so did we hit PS3? I think we can make our way up to PS3. Okay, you and know what? Xbox Let's do this. Let's stop here. Okay. At PS3. Okay. And we will start with PS3 on the next time we do this question. We're not going to do it back to back. Okay. But we will come back in a, in a week or two and do more. Fair enough. Just because you've already hit an hour. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, those, I mean, influential games. It's funny how much deeper of a question that became. Yeah, it, it didn't it seem be. to be that uh, that deep. We <laughs> My really brain went... said, "Well, we could probably crack this out as a one shot," but it was. Uh, <laughs> it's been. This is a fun episode. I'm having a lot of fun with this one because you're. I'm really taxing my brain to remember the games I used to play that yeah. I don't have anymore. Um, and this is this is going to be an expensive episode because now I'm going to want to buy a bunch of them. Uh, no, the expensive <laughs> the expensive stuff was in the arcade games, which were the four player games, right? The uprights, the uprights. So yeah. Turtles in Time, Simpsons, Gauntlet. I pumped mega dollars into gauntlet and uh what was the other one that we played all the time oh um the wheel one pit stop oh, okay yeah yeah pit stop we, we played that a lot we had one my brother played uh peter played arena soccer for a while oh yeah indoor soccer for a while and i used to get dragged out to these soccer games all the time and you know how much i love going to sports yeah, exactly. sporting events uh but i got so excited about going to the soccer arena because they had X Men, the upright oh, X Men, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was and that one. was a four player as well. And I always had just complete control over the machine because everybody else was there to watch the game, and I was like, "Freak this! I got quarters." Yeah, <laughs> that was my arcade experience. All uh, right, and so, it broke my heart when they took it out. <laughs> so from Pong to PS2, from and Pong to PlayStation, from Pong to PlayStation. <laughs> And the Nintendo 64, if there's games we missed that were influenced in your life, please let us know. And I know there's a bunch of you out there going, what do you mean you didn't say this? How could you forget about this one? Tell us. We want to hear from you. Uh, Go ahead and send us a message on Facebook or on Instagram or wherever you follow us. Just shoot us a message and we'll probably reply because we're pretty hands-on about that kind of thing we are and uh if they come to us before we record the next one because we're not doing it tonight uh we will bring it up and do the things we missed well that wraps it up for this topic however the list of topics is ever growing so if you have a show idea or a topic you think we should discuss please send it to christian at frugaldutchman.com or join us on facebook tfdatc that's the frugal dutchman at the counter So join us once again, where nerdy isn't dirty, it's a badge of honor. For Christian, I'm Marcus. For Marcus, I'm Christian. And we'll see you at the counter. counter.